Hello, Pod Fam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I am good. How are you today, Laura? Pretty good. I'm drinking my Lala Lavender tea still. What are you drinking? I'm drinking my peppermint tea still. I slowly realize that we are basic bitches. Yeah, and you know what? A new tea catalog came out just on Monday, and I just haven't had time to go through it because I am in desperate need of a tea order because I'm literally down to like three types, and that is just not me. You know I normally have like 10 to 12 on the go at all times. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Maybe add me in there. I need more of that immunity tea. Absolutely. Gotta stay healthy. Gotta have that immunity. It just tastes so good. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yes, it's it's a fantastic tea. And I haven't seen what's new yet either. Um, So I'm very excited to get my fingers on it. The spring summer catalog is always really good. Yep. I I like how people come for, you know, story times or whatever, but our opening to basically every podcast is tea facts. Except Absolutely. not not tea facts in the way of like this is where this kind of tea grows. It's more so this is my favorite tea. <laughs> well, if you'd like, I can do that and provide those facts for you. <laughs> yeah, let uh pop us a review. Let us know if you want tea facts. We'll start a new seg- a new segment. Yeah, it'll be a quick 30-second tea facts with Laura. I think that would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> but please let us know because, you know, I can get carried away with the tea facts. And if no one wants to hear my tea facts, I won't say them. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I-, I like hearing your tea facts. And this is our podcast, so... <laughs> so we can say whatever we want. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it's called The Tea with Laura and Rachel, so I feel like you should be expecting it by now. Yes. So grab yourself a cup of tea or whatever you feel like drinking. Um, We are ready to get in with it. Although before we do, I have to tell you about an interesting conversation I had with my boyfriend today. Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. You'll like this. I'm always scared when you say that. Oh, gosh. No, it's a good one. Um, So my boyfriend, he is a very vivid person dreamer and in his sleep I'm not talking about like you know just dreaming in daylight okay. <laughs> in the daytime um and not a big daydreamer no not all the time although you know you wonder sometimes when they just sit there and and gaze off um see okay I've asked men about what they're doing when that happens and I kid you not they have just said I am actually not thinking about anything Ooh, well I have an answer okay I got a little tidbit from the men about what they're actually doing and they just don't want to admit it um so anyway my boyfriend is a super vivid dreamer and he had this like really strange dream and he's been dreaming of switzerland lately and finland and okay those are two places where he really wants to go so i think it's just you know his spirit being like it's time it's not time to travel, but you know, when it's time to travel, it's got to, got to go to Finland and Switzerland and Norway. He wants to go to all the, all the places over there. And so it started appearing in his dreams and he's like talking about, um, how this reoccurring, he's always like at a ski resort and all this stuff. And so of course, you know, we spent the morning looking up his dream because, you know, I'm all about the dream meanings. So that was fun. You know, my boyfriend's not too woo-woo. So whenever he kind of brings this stuff up, I try to bring it out a little more. Mm -hmm. But going back to men gazing off and you're not sure what... Side note before we do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Love that for you guys that he wants to go to Switzerland and Norway. Um, Right. He's going to have I was kind of aiming... Let me finish. He was going to have a fun uh, surprise waiting for him when he gets to Norway and realizes that um, everything is really expensive. (laughs) You know what? Everything is expensive when you're over in Europe. Let's just just be real. Or is it hyper-inflated? Like overly expensive. Fantastic. Like to a point where you're like, this is absurd. (laughs) Hopefully they have Domino's pizza then. 
Um, can't confirm if they do or not, but even that I'm sure would be overly inflated. All right. Well, I'm going to knock on your family's door and, you know, hunker down with them for a week or two in Norway. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I had like a burger and fries at a restaurant once there and it was $25. Wow. That, that had better been a really good burger. It wasn't. Oh, that's just disappointing. Anyway, he's really keen on going for a little tour over there. And so going back to my point of, you know, men just sitting there gazing off into nowhere, I asked him and he was just like, oh, well, I'm meditating. And I was like, you're what? (laughs) Because my boyfriend's not like, like I'm super into the woo-woo stuff. He is not. um, He calls my spiritual therapist, the witch doctor. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I've told told her that one as well. And she loved it. She was hilarious. Um, Cause he actually has like when, when we're in our sessions, he actually is a very lively soul. So it's kind of funny. I always love to draw it out, but yeah, he was meditating and I'm like, Oh, I didn't know you meditated. Cause I, I like to medicate, <laughs> medicate. Wow. you like to medicate. <laughs> yeah. I like, what to do you like to medicate with? With meditation. <laughs> medicated on meditation um so I was like oh that's so cool I've got an app I've got this and you, you know we can meditate together kind of stuff and he's like no no I don't I don't want to explain it like I have my own way of meditating and I was like oh okay I'm like well you know tell me he's like no I'm just gonna keep meditating oh here my. so literally yeah that's what guys are secretly doing when they're staring off in the distance he was just having a little meditation daydream Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that some of the men in my past were genuinely just literally head empty, <laughs> no thoughts. But there was a breeze blowing through those ears. <laughs> there was. But in this case, I'm very happy for him. Yes. I feel like my spiritual side is rubbing off on him a little bit and I could not be happier. I am, you know, just, just a little bit closer to getting him to see um, the spiritual therapist. Amazing. Yep. Now, let's jump into part two of our Toxic Workplaces series for our sixth episode. So, if you listened to the last one, we discussed my experience in a toxic workplace, and today we are going to discuss Laura's. And if you haven't listened to mine, make sure you go listen to it after, because, you know, we want you to hear both. (laughs) Yeah, because especially we're definitely went through the toxic workplace, but from very different point of views. Yeah. So let's jump into it because I came from a corporate environment where Laura's experience was in a smaller business. So why don't you jump into it, Laura? Why don't you tell me about what kind of business it was, how long you stayed there? what your role was, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So my experience is definitely different from yours because it was with a family business. And immediately I can feel so many people saying, you know, never go into business with your family, which valid. So valid. (laughs) Um, But to give a little bit of background, uh, my family came from huge agriculture background and my grandparents actually started a business back in 1939. Um, Super successful, uh, lots of great growth there. But then, um, you know, back in the day, it was expected that the family would stay in the business, but just being um, how the world was, a lot of the family kind of dabbled a little bit in it and left. So it ended up being my uncle who mainly took it over. My dad was a part of it for a long time, but eventually he kind of experienced the same thing I experienced and he left and had his own career. Um, So that's just kind of a little bit of a background. I came into the business pretty soon after university. So that would have been like summer of 2016. And I was just kind of doing like projects for them at the time. I actually had a different job as well that I really did enjoy. 
And this is kind of, I guess I can start my story right after we got back from our fantastic trip in February of 2019. So, did you watch this? (laughs) That was really the calm before the storm. Oh, that was, if only we knew that was going to be the highlight of 2019. 2019 sucked. (laughs) Ooh, we just never would have come back from New Zealand, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, um, I still sometimes wish we didn't come back from New Zealand. Yes, yes but we had to because we were responsible people. I don't know why we're so damn responsible, but apparently we're responsible. So we had to come home. We were also poor. <laughs> Those in Australia would tell us that we are too responsible. Apparently. Anyway, so... I had been working at this other job before we left on the trip, and I really did like it. It was great. However, um, because I'd been dabbling in the family business for so long, I had a lot of ideas of where the business can go because it was very much stuck in a time warp. Um, Nothing had really changed for 40 years, and it had a lot of potential that I could see it and it it really could be, you know, one of the cutting edge businesses in the agriculture industry. So I was presented with an opportunity to take over managing the company and not, not the company like in its entirety because it's made up of very different departments, but um, a very large portion that had been a bit neglected over the years. And of course, you know, wanting to do right by my family, I agreed. And all I'm going to say is, in hindsight, it was a lot of empty promises. Um, you know, I was expected to play a certain role in decision making. I was expect like I had expected to actually have growth. Um, not only in my role, but in my salary, which was a big thing because, um, you know, being a new graduate, you do really start at the bottom rung and I was ready to climb that ladder. So anyway, I agreed to this contract in November of 2018 and we kind of hammered out the decision in December and you know, I, I kind of, I was not going in blind. Like I would be um, naive to say that I didn't know what I was getting myself into to a certain degree. So that is why I had put contracts in place. So I would make sure I would be protected. However, mm-hmm. you know, contracts are just words on a paper sometime. Yeah. And you know, I love you, but I definitely remember at the time, I think, I I don't remember if anybody else did, but I remember raising some. I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. Yeah, and you definitely weren't the only one. But me being excited to finally being given a shot, um, you know, I, I had something to prove that yeah, I, could, and- I could carry on the family business. Yeah, and you weren't you weren't ready to let go yet. You hadn't No. No, you, you really know, wasn't. you had been you had been kind of in and out before this, like, you know, you were working I guess you were kind of working part-time, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like I'd been doing a lot of projects on the side. So I, I essentially probably worked part-time for them that whole time post uh, university, like sometimes full-time, sometimes part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always had like one foot in the door all the time. Yeah. And you just, you kind of still had some hope and you were never really ready to let go yet. Yeah. And, you know, I can definitely say I'm not the only person in my family who had been in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we loved our grandparents. I, I Unfortunately, I never got to meet my grandfather, but um, spiritually speaking, I have always felt very close to him. Um, one part, he was, a, he was the horseman of the family. And as, as our listeners know, we are horse girls. And so I've always felt a deep connection with him, even mm-hmm. though he has not been physically in my life. Um, and then my grandmother was possibly the most greatest woman to ever walk the world. Like mm-hmm. she has a legacy behind her and it's all positive. Like 
no one would ever say a bad word about her. She was an incredible woman and just one of the most caring, kind, and giving women. And unfortunately, we had lost her in um, March of 2018, and she was four weeks shy of her 100th birthday. So it really did feel like my opportunity to still connect with her by being part of the business because this woman, she did not retire until 94. And even after her retirement, she was still there. So, you know, she, (laughs) she, her presence was, was always felt. And so for a lot of reasons, you know, yes, there was the negative of it not being the best opportunity for me, for my, my own growth, but there was still that, that connection that made me want to be there if that makes any sense. No, it, it does. Like you wanted to, in a way, you it helped you feel closer to somebody who was no longer there and to also make her proud in yes. a way. Yes. And my whole time there, you know, I did feel her presence. Um, mm-hmm. She gave me like the strength to be there on the hard days to keep going. But then she was also the one to release me from it as well. Yeah, she gave you the strength to leave. And if anything, she kind of pushed you out the door a little bit. Yes. Oh, I absolutely (laughs) think she was just like, no, you need to go. Like, like you you are meant for better and bigger things. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like when it comes to family, there's so much like emotion around it and so much backstory, right? It's not like – it's a very different situation because it's not like it's a job that I saw in a posting and I applied to it. Like there was a lot of internal – discussion that went and you know it's things that it's not really the traditional way of getting a job well you know it can be for some people so for people who might be in a toxic situation and involves family this is the story for you because Mm -hmm. I definitely went on a roller coaster of a ride so anyway it's December 2018 I had hammered out the details of my role there, I was to be managing um, certain parts of the business. And I had actually worked there for for two weeks before we left. And that was just so everyone could kind of understand, okay, like Laura's coming in, she's going to do this. She's going away for six weeks, but you know, when she comes back, (laughs) um, she's taking over. Um, And so we go on our trip, we come back and I was actually super excited. Um, It really felt like I was taking on a new challenge. And for the initial part, I loved my job. Like I genuinely loved going to work. I felt like I was making a difference. Um, Oh, you were so young. I know. You were so young and positive thinking. I know. Like we just came back from this great trip. I had this great new job. So excited. And yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So things started off pretty good. Like uh, I was able to make a lot of the changes. And, you know, what's what's great about a, a small family business is partly the customers because the loyalty and relationship that is built there is so complete and, you know, they, they welcomed me. They were so excited to see, you know, Graham's granddaughter um, taking on the business. So I really had a lot of support from them, which was really what kept me going for so long as well. But yeah. anyway, um, a few months into the job and it, my, my uncle who ran the business came back and he was actually quite excited to have me. Um, So initially we started off very good and, you know, outside of the family business, my family is close and it's kind of like we put on a different hat when it comes to business. Yeah. But we're going to call her, can I call her Lady Tremaine? And you know who I'm speaking of. Oh, I know. Yes. So this was my uncle's wife and we're going to call her Lady Tremaine. So she had initially been managing the business um, for the roles that I was was doing. I was actually doing a little bit more because I was doing a little bit more of our our corporate side of the business as well as the public side. 
Um, and she has a lot of jealousy issues. Yeah. And she wanted to retire, but not actually give up any of the decision power. Um, she and herself, like, I'm going to speak very openly here and, you know, hopefully this does not uh, leave our beautiful community that we have. But <laughs> she is she is in herself a very toxic person. Um, you know, I'm not the only one to have a riff in my family with her. And, um, you know, I, I imagine it's very difficult on my uncle because anytime um, there, there's a rift between like relationships in your family, it's very difficult. But anyway, she never really could accept that I was the one coming in to take over the business. Yeah. And so she would kind of manipulate my uncle and she would become his like sorry um like her voice would kind of go to him she would channel her voice through yes, him basically. yes that's, yes that's what i'm trying to say and so anytime i was making changes she didn't understand because to her like the, the business was was perfect <laughs> it had been perfect since 1980s yeah like every way she ran it was was perfect like how how dare someone want to change something that's already perfect and the fact of the matter was like the the business was slowly dying um you know graham who was the matriarch for so many years was was gone and you know she prior to to her passing she already wasn't no longer the main person who running running the business so mm -hmm. the business had been in decline for for quite a while on that side and you know, it needed a fresh pair of eyes to come in and I had the marketing background. So I knew exactly what needed to happen. But what happened very quickly was every change I tried to make, she would counteract it. And then it would be my uncle to communicate. He was like the middleman between us. Um, and he would turn every decision around. And things would go back to exactly the way they had been, which which like it didn't poor work. Guy. Yeah, no, and it was so <laughs> difficult. And he he did speak candidly with me a few times of, of how difficult it was for him at home. But instead of him, okay, this is going to sound bad, but instead of him standing up to her and saying, you know, hey, this is a family business, um, you know, my niece is is blood, and she wants to take this on and and make it work. Yeah. Um, he couldn't do that to her. So for him, the way to avoid conflict was to please her needs and put me down. Yeah. So like, I, I know that I, I totally accept that that was a difficult position for him, but it was just, you know, every, everything you do to be having the door slammed on you, it, it tore me down. Like, to just be told no repeatedly, I was just like, what's the point? Like, I clearly have either shit ideas or, you know, you're never actually going to hand the reins over to me. So it felt like my future was just getting narrower and narrower. And I was essentially just becoming any other employee that clocked in you know, worked their hours and then left without actually making a positive impact. And that doesn't align with my purpose. Like I'm, I'm someone who really does like to uh, take the lead and, and, you know, do something with my day, so to say. And yeah. it was so hard. And, you know, from the public side, the customers, they loved all the changes that were happening. Um, they were quite excited because they actually – would share throughout the community that, oh, hey, like, um, this is new here now. Um, you know, come back. Like, like we were getting customers that hadn't been through the door in 10 years. So it was beautiful to see that. Um, so that was stuff that kind of kept me going during the day. Yeah. But behind closed doors, I was just being torn down every single day. 
And so it was about July of 2019 that it was just becoming a bit much. And it wasn't only from the family side. There was actually a very toxic coworker that I had. Okay. Um, we love, love these stories. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I, I just um, wanted to add in before we jump into the coworkers part that, mm-hmm. yeah, like, especially with it being a family member, that constant uh, tearing you down and putting you down is just, it's breaking whatever little trust you still had with that person. Yeah. Like it was literally tearing the family apart. It tore the, mm-hmm. like it, it tore the family apart, so to say. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Like it, it's, it's, so much harder I find when it is family because like at a base level you love each other and you want the best but then it was just like a pile of crap on top of that (laughs) so I had no faith like like I was literally like okay you're gonna tell me this now and I would wait I would time it and I'd be like oh five minutes later okay you tell me something different like (laughs) it was just so predictable that whatever change I wanted to make it was gonna be a yes at first and then a hard no like the next day yeah and that's just not a good scenario for you no not at all and having um a a toxic co-worker on top of that really didn't help because she was the blood is boiling boiling, okay like (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) all right so she was a super fake person like I had never met a person with so many faces okay Um, she would initially be very sweet to you and be like oh yeah I want to help you like this is so great we're friends and she would turn around and she wouldn't even wait for your back to be turned she'd just stab you like she was (laughs) the most toxic person and she got in my uncle's pocket and kind of had a bit of a vice grip on him and like he honestly thought because this was the impression that she gave like like she walked on water and could do no wrong but on the other side um myself and my my co-manager with me who is an absolute saint like she was literally the one to pick me up off the floor on some days Mm -hmm. um love her (laughs) so much and I'm proud to say we are still best friends um even after this experience. But, you know, my coworker and I, we started to dig a little deeper under her work and then found some pretty shady things. And, you know, this being my family business, I was like, I need to protect this. Like, this is not a person we want in our company. Yeah. And so that was really tough because, um, you know, I had absolutely no faith or trust in her and she caught wind that I saw past her, her facade. And so she would make my life very difficult in just little everyday tasks. And it got to a point where we didn't even speak to each other. Um, And that was pretty bad. (laughs) Like if you're going to work and there are people that you can't even talk to, Like, Mm -hmm. that is messed up and that no one should have to work in that kind of environment. Um, I wouldn't even go into uh, an office that we had because she worked in there. And Mm -hmm. just being in her energy, I would start to, like, have anxiety. And I, I couldn't even be around her. It was terrible. And it got to the point where she wouldn't even want to be in my energy because we were literally, like, like oil and water. Like, we repelled each other. It was terrible. Um, so that went on for a long time. And, you know, the business, I was starting to get turned around. Like, you know, I, I was hit with roadblocks every day, but I did manage to kind of get some things going. And it got to a point where I had a huge win for the business. Um, it was incredible. Like I, it was beyond my imagination. We'd won a huge award, um, had people from all over the province and Canada wanting to work with us. It was fantastic. 
and I worked my ass off for two weeks straight at this event. Yeah. No sleep. And when I got back, I was hauled into the office and told that it was a complete failure. Nice. Yep. So that was like my final straw. Like and and why why did they say it was a failure again? Um they didn't see the value in what I was doing. And what I was doing was I was promoting the business on like the Canadian stage, if not the world. Like not the world. Okay, that's a little that's a little <laughs> dramatic. Maybe not the world. That's a bit but, dramatic. Like, like, but I had people from the States wanting to have our product. And literally, like I had to drive back to the company one night so a lady could take home like 10 cases of our product. Yeah. It was a, like it was a four-hour round trip just to like have this lady because she was like, I need to take this to my friends. This is the most amazing thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like huge win made like and we didn't do this event to make money, so to say. Like it was um, a PR experience. We broke even and made like a little bit on top, but to them that wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And the amount of success, you know, bringing back in Lady Tremaine, she couldn't handle that because she was never able to do that. Um, and, you know, she competed in the same events that we had with with our product and never got anywhere. And the main reason for that was she wasn't using my grandmother's original uh, products. So yeah. that was a big thing of of my goal in the business was to bring it back to Mm-hmm. everything that was authentic and original and guess what that's when we started winning so she really couldn't handle that and I swear for like the two weeks I was gone at this event I'm pretty sure she dug her talons into my uncle so hard that <laughs> like he was furious with me when I came back like I had literally just gotten back I hadn't slept in like freaking days I was fighting a cold um just from all like the excitement and the stress and and being away Mm -hmm. and yeah I was I was hauled into the office and berated for two hours of how much of a failure that event was so yeah that was (laughs) I literally walked out that day and I called in sick the next day I wasn't quite you know quitting yet um, that would take a lot longer. Yeah. Um, so that was when I had had it. And I knew I needed to to move on because, um, you know, they never were going to pay me more. I was never actually going to have full control. And I just couldn't take the, the no's anymore. Like, you can only be told no and practically beaten with a stick. For so long until yeah. like, you're like, you you couldn't even get out of bed anymore. And I remember my drives to work because, you know, normally I'd be on the phone with you having to psych ourselves up to go to work. You know? <laughs> I would sit in the parking lot and I would cry for a good five minutes. And then I'd put myself together for five minutes and then I would go in. And that's how like every morning was for me. I dreaded going to work like you, you know, um, I didn't want to do anything after work. I had no energy and, you know, it was causing a rift in my relationship with my Mm -hmm. boyfriend and, you know, that was a really dark time for us too. And, you know, I'm definitely going to admit it. Like I was, I was depressed. Um, Yeah. It was, it was pretty hard. It was really hard. And yeah, so that, that was, (laughs) that was my low point. Um, Well, actually what I thought was, was my low point. <laughs> it got lower. <laughs> it only gets lower, guys. It, it really it's only downhill lower. from here. Yeah. And so um, after that meeting, I literally went out and I cried. And of course, you know, my saint, my co-manager, she had to pick me up off the floor. <laughs> yeah. And sent me home to to recuperate. And I I just, yeah, I was at it. Like I was completely at zero. Like I had never felt lower or more belittled 
in my life. It was yeah, like no no one should ever speak to you that way. It was terrible. Let alone like your family and your boss, <laughs> all all in one. <laughs> like to have your family and your boss speak to you that way, like that was that was a big hit. You're wow. just like, wow, this is nothing like my birthday parties growing up. <laughs> yep. Wow, this is not not the same family member I knew as a kid. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was that was November of of uh, 2019, okay. and over Christmas, like I did take I took I took a week off of work, and it was it was really hard because you know I didn't make a salary at the time. I worked by the hour, and yeah. as as you know, um, if you don't clock in, you don't get paid. But I yeah. Could not go anymore. Like I needed a break, and I felt great on my break. But then, and I, I honestly thought, like, okay, I'm going to take some time off, you know, decompress a little bit, and then when I come back, I'm I'm going to be ready for round two. Like I'm going to be ready to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I still wanted to leave, but it, it wasn't quite time yet. Um, and especially, I'm, you know, in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't leave or else because of COVID, I would have been totally screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so, you know, things happen for, for, for the way it needed to happen. You know, I had to hit rock bottom, but you know, it was better than, than being, I guess, unemployed. So <laughs> I had to pick my battle for that one. And mm-hmm. I came back. So it was now the new year. It was January. And I thought I'd come in restored. Uh, Rachel, I was the biggest fucking bitch to everyone. I didn't even recognize myself. I was uh, super sad all the time. Didn't want to be there. It's just bitch all the time. So and like pretty similar to me after my vacation. Exactly. And then my co-manager was also like, you know, it was my first day back and I wasn't, I was like barely talking to her because I just didn't want to deal with anyone. And she finally pulls me aside. She's like, are you okay? Like, did I do something? And I'm like, no, no, like, I'm sorry. I just really don't want to be here. And, you know, we were each other's rocks a little bit. And she's just like, you know, you need to, you need to stay with me. Okay. Like you can't, you can't go. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that was, kept me going a little bit longer. I didn't tell her at that point. I'm like, I'm already planning my exit strategy. (laughs) (laughs) It was too soon for that. And then finally, near the end of January and early February, I had hit rock bottom. I walked into work. I sat down and everyone was just like, you know, okay, something's really wrong with Laura. Like, there's something really wrong with this girl. (laughs) Um, She she barely talks to everyone. She looks miserable all the time, which facts I was. (laughs) You were like 10 out of 10. I hate my life. Yep, ten out of ten. Don't want to be here right now. And <laughs> my my coworker, the co manager, who was like the saint, she came up and she's just like, "Come with me." And I'm like, "We need to talk." And I didn't even get out. But we had this little place where where we would go talk and vent our frustrations. I didn't even get there, and I burst out crying like. I was sobbing because it was like all my emotion that I had been keeping in from how unhappy I'd been came out. Mm -hmm. It just like came out. Nothing could stop it. I was just going off. Um, So finally, when I was able to talk, (laughs) I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I need to leave. I'm done. I don't want to be here. You know, this was a great idea in theory, but it's not for me. And I'm sorry if I'm letting everyone down, but this is not my life. Yeah. And she was, you know, she's just like, okay, well, what can I do to fix it? Like, I need to fix this because I can't lose you. Um, and I was like, well, first off, the coworker's got to go because if she doesn't go, I'm out the door tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't worry about that. And she knew something. This was, this was, <laughs> this was tea. This was the tea. She didn't, she knew something at, at that moment, but she didn't tell me yet. And I said, the second thing is uh, Lady Tremaine. You know, they need to decide, are they running this business or am I? Because it can't be both. It's got to be one or the Mm -hmm. other. If it's them, fine. I will step away and move on with my life. But if it's me, they need to back down. She's like, okay, I'll talk to them. Um, 
And so I managed to pull myself together. And I had, I, like, my spirits were were up a little bit after getting all that out because I was, like, kind of hopeful. But I was still, like, trying to get my exit strategy together. Yeah. And sure enough, I didn't know it at the time, but my coworker, like the my saint, knew it was that the coworker who I hadn't spoke to in six months mm-hmm. had handed her resignation letter in that day with no notice. Ooh. No notice. She gave one day's notice. The tea. Um, yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, manifestation. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> um so that that was another little boost to help me survive a little bit longer. Just her not being there. Um the mood automatically improved because I was not the only one who had issues with her. Like she had burned pretty much all of her bridges with every person who worked there. And then finally my my uncle saw through her crap and was starting to catch on about what was happening. And so before he could fire her, um, she quit. So that, that was good. It was, it was a good day. You know, it Mm -hmm. didn't start great, but you know, it ended okay. Um, and by that point, I knew I wanted to get into finance. So I was um, – I hadn't started studying for the Canadian Securities course yet, which is like our basic requirement to be in the industry. But mm-hmm. I was like ready to hit the sign-up button. Um, and then I did. And I was like, okay, this is great. I can be gone in like two months. I'll be past my course and I'll be like having interviews with financial companies and I'll be happy. And yeah. then March 14th hit. And <sighs> if everyone remembers March 14th, that was when shit hit the fan with COVID in North America. And it was almost surreal when you look back at it because I literally, like the world stopped, you know, like, yeah, you know, life literally stopped and this is where I am for like grateful and believe things happen when they're supposed to happen because I was super fortunate that my uh, family's business was essential so yeah we became even more essential being in the agriculture industry and so I pretty much had to put aside all my feelings of being there and step up to the plate to help our customers. Um, yeah. So that was that was a really interesting time. It was literally the rush of COVID and not knowing what was going on that kept me there, but it also kept me going. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was it kind of gave me the opportunity to figure out my shit and decide exactly what I wanted to do. So that kind of got me through there. And then in July, I thankfully had an interview, got the job with what I think is one of the best companies in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Just putting it lightly. Just putting it lightly. And I I can't say anything. No, you can tell. (laughs) No. We no. can't spoil things. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, I finally had my way out. And the next hardest thing was telling people. And honestly, that was almost harder to do than staying. Um, because I find when you're in a family business, there's a bit of an expectation that you're always going to be there. Um no matter whether you're happy or not, or if it feels, fulfills you or not, there's just that expectation of, no, you, you are here. Um, and then also with my co-manager, we were pra- like, we're practically family. Like she'd been with the business for so long that, you know, she was just as much blood as I was mm-hmm. to it. And she, she's a smart lady and she kind of figured out what was going on because even though I was stepping up for COVID, I had emotionally removed myself from yeah. from work. Like Laura's body showed up, but Laura was not there. I was literally on autopilot 
just getting through um, the the crisis and and kind of keeping the doors open. But I like I emotionally was was already on to my new adventure. And yeah. she sat me down one day and she's like, you got to tell me like w- what's up. And I told her, I'm like, you know, I, I have an interview with, with another company and her face. She was just like, I fucking knew it. Um, she could read me like an open book. <laughs> it was or I think here. I always thought I was always so like poised and stuff, but oh, she could read me um, insanely well. And she burst out crying. Because she was just like, I really didn't want you to leave, but I knew you were going to. Yeah. So that, that was a very hard day, but it was also this huge release. It was the first time I'd left in a long time from work happy Yeah, because I knew that I had kind of gotten it out. And I had actually been holding on to that I was job searching and actually had a new job for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I had kind of put the start date out so far. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Did you, did you have the job when you told her or was it just the second interview? I had the job. Okay. You had the job. I I, I, I couldn't remember there. Okay. And I'm very much someone like I don't do things very spontaneously very often, especially when it's like big life decisions. So Mm -hmm. I made sure I had a job before I told everyone (laughs) that I was leaving. Yeah. Because with my luck, it would have been like, I didn't get the job and then I would be still stuck there <laughs> to this day. <laughs> so, you know, I was, was a little superstitious on that one. So I had to make sure like my contract was signed and and everything before I, I even said anything. Like I was running out to the parking lot to let my references know that um, they should be expecting a call. Like that's how bad it was. Like I didn't want anyone to know. Um because I didn't want to jinx it in one way, but I was also yeah. so scared of their reaction when they found out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I'd actually told my aunt, and this is not Lady Tremaine, this is like my my real aunt. Um, she was in the finance, she had a career in finance as well. So um, she could really relate to what I was going through because, you know, she was one who, always dabbled in the family business, but had a career outside. So she was excited for me. She knew for a long time that like I was unhappy um, and she tried to be a little bit of a mediator, but she knew at the end of the day, like I was probably never going to be happy with the situation. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had to tell my, my co-manager and that was the hard one because we were like each other's ride or die. And you know, I consoled her, she consoled me. And that was, that was so hard. And we had a good cry for like half an hour together. And then she has this amazing ability to like, okay, we put this away. And um, we had called up one of our employees and, and she was the first one to know and wasn't allowed to say anything until um, like we'd spoken to my uncle that I was leaving. But we need to make sure my role could be fulfilled. And she was the most likely person to be able to step up in some of the things that I did. Um, so then, you know, we had to have another cry because she was upset I was leaving. And, you know, as much as I, I hated working there, I did have some really great times with the people like you did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of become each other's life a little bit. And even though like we were all, we all got kind of grumpy and frustrated with each other you know we did we did actually um have a good time at at points so then it came time to tell my uncle Mm -hmm. and he was he was actually very easy to tell um he wasn't surprised and not want to say like he kind of like he like he was very disappointed um, but he got it. Like he, he understood that, um, you know, Lady Tremaine and I were never going to see eye to eye. And one of my fears was that she was going to step back into the business and tear down everything I had built in my mm-hmm. time there. Uh, fortunately, that did not happen. So very grateful to that. She has stayed out. 
But that was another fear of mine for leaving was I cared so much about my family's legacy that Mm -hmm. I was willing to suffer for it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is just a little bit of my story of my time. She got out, folks. She got out. I got out. Yeah. And I took um, – I, I actually gave them a long leaving date um, only because of the role. Like, I, I played a very large role. So uh, we, we really did have to figure out who was going to step up and um, not necessarily take over, but we kind of broke my job into, like, five different people, um, which just kind of shows shows the amount of weight I – I carried on my shoulders every day. Like I really had a hand in everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had to figure that out. And then I did take two weeks off before starting my new job. And, you know, like you, Rachel, I was like, just done. I just rested. (laughs) I enjoyed myself um, because I knew I couldn't immediately start a new job being who I was. Like I, I physically and mentally just needed to do nothing for two weeks. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, reset button is hit, you know, we're putting this behind you and it's time to start fresh. Yeah. (sighs) Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. Is that a good release for you? Yeah, I feel good. I feel good getting that out. Um, You know, I think I've closed that chapter now. Um, And I thought I had actually after I left. (laughs) Okay, this, this is a Taylor Swift thing. Um, folklore came out about the same week that it was my last week, uh, at, at work. And I literally, I literally remember my last day. I was kind of cleaning up at the end of the day. It was just me there. I had all the lights off, doors locked, that kind of stuff. And the song Exile came on and I cried (laughs) so (laughs) hard because okay this is this is most people think like a relationship when they listen to that song no I was Taylor in that song and Bonnie Vare was the business so (laughs) people go listen to that song now they can be like wow that's that's an interesting theory there Laura Um, (laughs) but that was literally it, it summed up because it you know it was just we could never you know read each other's mind or was never enough and and you know you just had to to leave so that was kind of my goodbye from the business um I literally cried listening to exile and I locked the doors and drove away and you know that was that was that and that was that um Mm -hmm. also just a little teaser that we're hundred percent going to do an episode on our interpretation of the folklore album. So now you already know, now you already know Laura's version of exile. Yep. It was me working (laughs) saying goodbye to saying goodbye to the business because it was so much more than leaving a job. Like you're, you're leaving a family business, um, something that's been in your life forever. Uh, yeah. In many different forms, but yeah, it was, it was like really closing a chapter there. And, you know, I was, I'd already let go so early. Like I'd let go a long time ago, but then it became real. Like you're not going to go back at any point. No, no, that was, that was the final straw. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I, there's nothing that wants to bring me back. And I don't, I don't wish anyone any ill will there. Like I, I wish them all the best. I want to see that business succeed. You know, like I said, it's a family business that's almost a hundred years old and it's so beloved in the community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when I was um, at that event in front of people from all over Canada, they, they knew that business and it's not a very big business. Like it's actually quite small, but the impact it had um, with people, you know, I always want to drive into that, that little town and, and see it there. So, you know, who knows, what what will become but at least my my big thing with um you know I was there for my grandparents um a big realization for me was that they're always with me so mm-hmm. you know I have I have things from both of them that I take with me and I was just like you know what that's enough I don't need to physically be 
in that space to feel connected with them because they're with me in so many different ways. Gotta just blast Marjorie. Oh my God, don't get me started on Marjorie. Do you know, you know, as soon as Evermore came out and I heard Marjorie, I was just like, oh God, this is just like a beautiful little, little hello <laughs> to how oh, I feel. Oh, I, 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 I remember I messaged you and I was like, can't wait till you get to this one because I knew oh you were going to sob. Yeah, no, and I totally do. I still do. Every time I listen to that song, I'm, I think of all my grandparents really and mm-hmm. their impact in my life. So that's that's a hard one to get through. Um, but yeah. yeah, anyway, so super happy in my new job. But going back to like ramifications of being in that environment for so long, um, I'm getting better now. But my first few months, I was, you know, like you, so jumpy. I was felt like I always had to explain what I was doing to people Mm -hmm. so they knew I was working um you know I I almost was a little bit defensive that I was just like no no like I'm doing this is this okay like you know I was just kind of waiting for someone to to hit me over the head essentially um yeah and tell me no or you know you know you can't do it this way like your your voice doesn't matter um so I luckily I kind of got over that but it was it was a little bit weird going into an environment where like they do care about the culture and your happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was just like, what is this? Like it was literally foreign to me. Like I was just like, you care about my feelings? <laughs> you want to know if I'm having a good day? <laughs> I remember one day you uh, made a mistake Oh my god! I thought it was or something. Yes, like I literally like had a, a typo or something. I, I forgot a comma. I think on an email and I was just like beside myself I'm like I'm gonna get in so much trouble and no one even noticed (laughs) no because they probably didn't even read that email I'm not gonna lie I know they probably never even read it so I was just like oh okay (laughs) I guess it's okay Okay. but literally for like the next day I was just like they're gonna bring it up they're gonna bring it up like I made a I made a mistake and like I made like a couple little mistakes obviously I was new so didn't get everything perfect and no one ever brought them up and they were just like oh oh yeah you just do it this way not that way I'm like oh okay I'm like <laughs> and you see me like you know like that the dog cowering in the corner <laughs> they're like yeah okay it's like you can come out it's fine that was literally <laughs> like I was so you're like wait you're like wait I'm not stupid for making a mistake on my first month on the job I know I couldn't believe it and like They'd be like, oh, well, what's your idea? I'm like, you care about my idea? They're like, yeah, yeah, like share share your idea. You know, we're collective space here. We we all have different opinions. And I'm just like, well, if I share it, are you going to like abuse me with it? Or like, (laughs) it's a good idea, but then tell me it's a shit idea after. Like, (laughs) it took me a while to trust. Um, It took me, yeah, it took me definitely a few months to kind of unlearn a lot of behaviors and a lot of it was like defense mechanisms yeah well you summarized that all uh well not summarized you told that story beautifully (laughs) I feel like I feel like I'm leaving out so much but you know (laughs) this can't be a two-hour podcast and (laughs) I tried really hard not to cry (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, I don't even I don't even have any questions to ask that we haven't already addressed I felt like it just needed to come out so yeah it did so it just it came out how it felt like coming out yeah it's definitely weird looking back and just being in the environment I am now and I'm just like why why did I let myself be treated like that for so long um it's just amazing when you when you look back. So, you know, if you are in a bad situation, you know, I truly am. I stand there with you. It's it's so hard to leave. But when you do, it's it's life changing. It really is. Yeah. I think that'll do it. <laughs> I think so. I feel like we should stop there or else I'm going to get on another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your story story with everybody and uh thank you to all of our listeners for 
joining us on this two-part journey. As we said in our last podcast, we would love to hear your stories with toxic workplaces. Or even if you want to talk about a really, really great work I know, experience we, that you had, we like those too. We like good experiences too. We don't want to be all Debbie Downers every every day. So yeah. if you have a great work experience and you're excited about it, share that with us too because we really want to hear it. Yes. And our email is going to be in the show notes. And do you have anything left to say, Laura? I don't think so I think that's everything um yeah just keep looking for the next thing be flexible and your job is not your life you gotta put your life before that because a job can always change and with that I'm gonna leave you with live like tea live like tea